my name is Augustine Colebrook. I'm the principal at the Bushery Wisdom Collective. My focus is on big picture political movements that are happening within the profession, some of the controversial questions, and centering voices that are not being regularly heard. I'm Layla Wyatt. I am a traveling student midwife, learning midwifery from cultures and a lineage of midwifery throughout the United States. I'm here to center the voices of students to hear their calling, their pathway, why they chose midwifery, and even share a bunch of birth stories along the way. Greetings. I'm Jamara Amani. I am a midwife, a mom, and a social justice activist. I am here to challenge white supremacy, homophobia, transphobia, and anything that keeps people from being their best and living their best selves as we have the human right to do. And I am looking forward to sharing stories of birth justice on this podcast. Hi there, Delmar Bellin. I am non-binary, queer, transgender, Latinx, midwife, and my focus is on increasing access and equity in midwifery care and midwifery education. Hello, my name is Angie Love. I am a community nurse midwife in Vero Beach, Florida at the practice of Midwife Love. I also do telehealth midwifery through Midwife RX. I'm a mama and I am committed to maintaining birth choices for all people and educating a future generation of midwives because we will not die out. So can I ask you to do a little intro? Like, who are you? We know you're in Alaska, but like, who are you? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So my name is Jessica Johnston. I am a certified professional midwife and a certified direct entry midwife in Anchorage, Alaska. I serve home birth and um, home postpartum care clients here in the Anchorage area. I also am the director of development for the Pacific Birth Institute, where we bring birth back into the community and train birth assistants and do lots of fun stuff. And I know Augustine because I licensed as a midwife in May of 2018, and I registered for Augustine's 2019 mastermind, so in my first year of practice. And so I worked with Augustine for 2019 to get spiritually centered before 2020 hit. Um, At least now I know that's what was going on. That's not what I paid for, and that's not what I signed up for, but it's what I got, and I'm grateful now for it. Totally. Yeah. Oh my God. If only we had known. We did. We just thought we were doing something else with all of the, you know, tools and everything we were working with. So yeah. yeah. Well, so I want to check in with you about all the things you're doing. I want to hear about the Pacific Birth Institute because it's pretty damn exciting. But I also want to um sort of talk to you a little bit about um what the coaching was like for you, what you got out of it. And um you know, what you would tell to other folks, because we have um, a whole new cohort starting in February. And, um, you know, some folks who are curious about joining, and I just thought it would be fun to kind of pick your brain, learn about what you're doing, and also hear how it was impactful for you. Absolutely. Um, You know, in for me, specifically, I it took me about three years to license, I was an apprentice under five different midwives. Um, in a higher volume birth center practice. So it took about three years to uh, to finish everything, take my NARM and license. I'm a PEP midwife. I attended Via Vida School of Midwifery for my didactic portion of my education. So I finished that in that time as well. 
And when I licensed as a midwife, I found out very quickly, I kind of already knew this, but I found, I found out very quickly that the Anchorage market where I live was already pretty exceptionally saturated with midwives. That is not the case for midwives across the nation. There are midwifery jobs open everywhere. However, right where I live, midwifery is very known and there's kind of this job saturation. So there were no birth centers hiring. Um, and I had actually met Augustine at a training. And so she had come up and done a training with some of us Alaskan uh, midwives and I was a student midwife. Um, and so I had spoken to her then. And once I licensed, I knew I needed, if there was no jobs, <laughs> there are going to be no jobs on the job tree to be had. Um, I was going to have to kind of forge my own path. But I knew that even though I had some background in like, okay, my parents ran their own business. I had some ideas. I didn't feel totally a fish out of the water. I also knew that if I didn't do it right, I would make mistakes and repeat mistakes. I had been seeing not, I'm not saying the birth center, but just with midwives around. And I didn't want to do that. There was also an energetic thing with midwifery that I was still coming to understand because I was a student for, you know, those years um, that you come into, you know, as you become a primary practitioner and you're assuming that responsibility and the bliss of all of it, um, you start to really realize what resonates and what doesn't. But in the big world of midwifery, understanding as a new midwife where you're at and what that means and how you're going to go forward and not repeat those mistakes, um, that's what I sought Augustine out for was so that I felt really good feet on my, like my feet on the ground that as I went into what was going to be private practice as a very new midwife, that I was solid in my foundations. So what did you get out of like, so the mastermind is a six week course and a masterclass and it, it lasts for it's daily content, weekly calls. And it's just a ton of worksheets. It's just a ton of content. And there's a bunch about uh, business management but there's also, like you mentioned, like this, these spiritual sprinklings of like up-leveling, up-growth. And I just wondered, like, before we jump into like what you've done with this, uh, what, what, um, what was meaningful for you? What do you remember? It's been two years now since you and I started working together. And I wonder, like, what did you, what do you remember now? Or like, what sticks out? What was really helpful for you? You know, I, that's a great question. Okay. Cause I love talking about this stuff. I love okay, it. Cool. I mean, I loved it. So like already 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, but <laughs> I was like, I'll get into why. Um, so I think, you know, midwifery is always touted as this calling. And so, yeah, there's, there's this, there is the intuition intellect um, intersection of midwifery that a lot of us get going on as midwives, right? We're, we love both sides of it. But what I really got from the mastermind that I love telling people about, um, I actually did an interview recently on a podcast and I talked about this part of your program that really helped me understand how to go forward with my business was understanding market, market saturation, right? Understanding how to assess your market for um, what its saturation points may be. Also, what is being valued and offered and what is not being offered, but could really be valued. So that concept of we're not just midwives, right? Like we have so much to offer and there's so much we can do. And man, I tell you, the foundations of what you gave me, even though it was pre-pandemic, really influenced this more blue ocean kind of concept of how to take my diverse skill set now into this post-pandemic world a little bit more. And so a lot of it is business, it, the business formation and documents, great stuff there. I really liked looking at midwifery specific. 
you know, because I can get information about CPAs, you know, all of that's just that the bail team, all learning about how midwives actually can make business work for themselves, how to understand how to pay yourself, right? How to set your rates, not just based on what midwives have been doing for 20 to 30 years, potentially near you, but actually the value of your time. Um, it was really, because how do you value your hourly rate? There you're going to get into a lot of the meat of the worth conversation that actually gets pushed onto an esoteric level, which it is not. Because the foundation of midwifery is really, if we are to be of the, the service that we truly strive to be, then we have to have our cups full always because what's in it is for us and what comes out is for everyone else. And if mm -hmm. we are not full, we don't know where we're pouring from. And that has been the part of midwifery that I could never jive with. I could never jive with this martyr concept or that a midwife has to give up her kids, like just their lives, that she's just doomed to 70% divorce rate. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm. There's no mm. way that, he, that this universe would bring me to this calling and me have the knowingness to call it a calling and then act like I'm going to be a slave to such a sacred gift. A so. martyr. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, it's like so many midwives seem to take a vow of poverty and we're so working in a different realm than that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. So I, I have actually um, really, I have thrived in midwifery and what I'm trying to do is bring that to other people, despite all the challenges. And I mean, I've had a, quite a lot of challenges too. And so I, I took my challenges and, and the, and the challenges I hear from all the midwives around me. And, you know, I was a active preceptor in, in a birth center before I became this international midwife. And I had 72 different midwives students work under me in my clinic at some point in the 15 years that I was there. And so I got to see student challenges, what it is that they're frustrated with. And of course I remember my own process. I had 13 different preceptors in multiple different locations just trying to get through. So I remember how hard it was. Um, and I took that and blended it. And I just love that you got to see that, got to see that real um, effort that I made there um, to try to change the paradigm from what it was that I was brought up in and what you see, I think many colleagues who are working in this paradigm of scarcity, poverty, divorce, obesity, diabetes, like they're actually some of the most unhealthy people we've ever seen, um, both financially, mentally, spiritually, physically unhealthy. And of course, all of us run into challenges. I just went through my own health challenges. <laughs> but but the, the whole, when you look at the system as a whole, um, it didn't look very appealing. Um, and I think you saw the same thing and we're actively looking for another way. And this group coaching, you had some, some cohorts in your group as well. And that's another part I love is that you get to work with other people who are also striving to do it differently. Um, it allows you to re-envision uh, not just the profession, but you personally, what you want to offer, what you, you want to do uh, with this incredible gift um, to the world. And you have done some amazing things in your short few years, like just a couple years now, um, and you've done some amazing things. And so um, at the Midwifery Wisdom Experience, the conference and retreat we have coming up in November, which is going to be very exciting, um, we have a really interesting uh, presentation um, about the midwifery side hustle. And you and I really riffed on this a lot when we were working together and you have just taken it and run with it. And you have a couple of side hustles actually. 
Um, and I'm such a fan of this while we're waiting for the profession to catch up with understanding that midwifery has to be mainstream and pay us a living wage. Many midwives have kind of pivoted, especially during COVID and created these awesome resources. And I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, have, have followed some big ones. Um, so some big ones are like Jennifer Gallardo created uh, client care, the whole um, uh, EHR system. Uh, Angela Love created midwifery, uh, Midwife RX, the telehealth uh, coaching system. Um, and you have created the Pacific Birth Institute. So tell us a little bit about that. And I think you actually started with a co-op and then tell me how it evolved. Like, what did you do? Yeah, it's quite a story. We founded the Pacific Birth Institute in October of 2019. Um, my partner, Jennifer Hoadley, and I, when we sat down and we were coming up with the Pacific Birth Institute, honestly, it was us as two Alaskan midwives that knew we had more clients who wanted to come in. Um, and specifically for her, she had practices running in three different parts of Alaska. And so she was getting busy. And she's like, I need birth assistance so bad, right? And as midwives in Alaska, we are talking rural. You're 15 minutes out of Anchorage. You're in the, you're in the middle of rural everything. Like you, right. that's where you are, right? And so what became very apparent is, you know, Jen had this need for birth assistance, but I had already been sitting in this space of really this systems development concept. And so this was October of 2019. I masterminded with you in February of 2019. So the Pacific Birth Institute came up after. It came alive kind of after our work together because what I was really called towards as a home birth midwife trying to reinvest in my business and you know, find my way in a market that was very saturated, but still had, but I still had something to offer and I was still growing as a new midwife. What I realized was like, holy crap, what I'm dealing with is what all students are dealing with, if not worse, right? Because I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, a beautiful white chick that's got a husband that has a career that can keep the roof over our heads. So I had the ability to say, I can be growing this career, but oh my God, how many students are sitting in this space of, I don't know if I even have the ability to conceive of becoming a midwife because yeah. I don't know if I can walk away from the money I'm making, the finding childcare for the kids I'm staying home with, we have for so long pedestaled um, and indoctrinated community care away from community entry that that has become really a problem for us. And so the Pacific mm. Birth Institute- Can I just ask you to yeah. say that again? Because that was such a profound quote. We have <laughs> for you. so long indoctrinated- We have indoctrinated, yes. So for so long, we have indoctrinated community care away from community entry. And that mm. is inherently mm. the issue. Yes, mm, I know. That is Yay. so right. It's you so bring it right. out of me, Augustine. It's ah, you. no, you, you, you bring it out. So, um, this is so profound. Yeah, the history of of the 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 resurgence of midwifery in the U.S. involved community birth, but not community entry. That is just profound. And in fact, we see that in the disparities in the profession. Only two percent of CPMs identify as Black or African American. Um, and that is a travesty. Um, and you and I and many people um, are looking to uh, support the shift in that paradigm. Um, and one way is this brilliance where you created um, a, a community entry to midwifery through birth assisting. So tell us more. What happened? 
Yeah. And so 2019, we came together and we're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to come up with a curriculum that's really accessible. You're not going to even need a high school education. We're going to try to make it really entry level. Anatomy and physiology that's really focused around routine childbirth, routine, and some abnormal presentation that you would see in community care. We were really looking to design something that anyone could access, but then be the right hand of the midwife with all of the knowledge to anticipate and assist in both routine and complication care management. So you do not have to be a rocket scientist to understand the blood pressure and what happens with hemorrhage and how to stop it and how to know if what you're doing is working. Right. And it's this level. And so a lot, it's, you know, for our four pillars, you know, it's education, innovation, infrastructure, and entrepreneurship. And they are really the pillars of how communities themselves can stabilize regardless of outside funding and outside influence. And so we had to really recenter this idea that we're not here to mess with systems that already exist. I don't spend time justifying systems that have proven they're broken. What I do spend time now doing is actually nourishing the soils of the grounds of every community that we can so that this never happens again. It's a travesty that we do not have this hand-to-hand -hand passing of community birth skill. And so, and at this point with the internet, let's do it. Why not? We can now. Now we don't have to put the huge burden on just the one to three midwives, maybe in the community, maybe in a state where they're not getting arrested, maybe where they can actually make a living, right? Now we can actually say, actually, everyone can access it. And also, we have some fun things like we pay the midwives, right? We have $500 of every student's tuition dedicated to any midwife who will take them to five labor experiences, which we tell them are their working interviews. This is how you get in community birth. <laughs> like, Love it. Got, yeah, you got to get out there, right? Love so, it. Yeah. Oh and my so gosh. the journey, journey was crazy. Pandemic hit. Whole model had to shift. We were already creating an online curriculum. So I felt kind of like, wow, I caught that wave early, but then got kind of pummeled with it because everyone had to go online, our kids, everything, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But we came out on the other side, we ran a pilot program and we had like 14 students or 14 different states. There were like 20 some odd states that applied. We ended up taking students from 14 different states for our pilot. They helped us really design down a 60 hour curriculum um, that people are like, Jesus, 60 hours. And we're like, well, yeah, we're in Alaska. We need every set of hands that's in that birth room. I need you to know how to identify medication. I need you to know how to do bimanual compression. I need you to know how to put an IV in. I need you to know what normal and not normal look like, right? We, this, and this is the community, maternity care deserts are not just a rural thing. And Alaska, we've lived with this forever because there's less than a million of us. So that's like my life, right? We're just out here. Please remember us if anything happens. Like, here we are, right? God. <laughs> the nuclear <laughs> holocaust. Alaska's still be like going on as normal, right? Here we are. <laughs> yeah, right. Tell you what. But the rest of the U.S. hasn't really um, understood that maternity care yep. deserts really present an issue to um, stratifying risk and making sure but, our OBs But are now they have. Yeah. Now they have, you know, at, yeah. right, right before the pandemic, the 2019 levels came out and 50% of the counties in the United States have no obstetrical services. 
It's real. Well, and, I'll, and I'll, I mean, and we can always go into and of the obstetrical services that they do have provided. Are those obstetricians actually trained in physiologic birth and abnormal variations no. of normal no. so that they can protect no. actual birthing populace safety? No, I mean, no, no, so, no, no. Even a bigger desert than we're deserting on that yeah. one. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so um, training these um, uh, students, uh, assistants, uh, we're not calling them midwifery students, right? We're calling them uh, birth you know, assistants. A lot, it's really on, at this point, because it's of the people by the people kind of concept. It's the idea of getting this education out to it. We are demographics of student body. I have OTs, PTs, stay-at-home moms, um, OB medical students out of UCLA. I've had, I had pilot our course that were really intrigued by what we had to offer, right? That's um, awesome. Yeah. And so really anybody who I, a lot of doulas who are done with the squeeze and hips and they want to throw IVs, like they are ready to shift. It's really for anyone who wanted to access birth, but not be on call 24 seven and not have to make excessive um, time or cash investments into getting into a profitable point of being able to scale themselves into professional birth um, so that we could, I mean, ideally we do catch more student midwives. Ideally we catch more students that are kick-ass apprentices and kick-ass actual assistants who get paid while they're in school because we can want meek education and we can want competency, but if we can't get people paid, if we can't get a woman affording just her own life on a midwife salary, if we can't get Title IV funding, and if we can't get a bachelor's to not be fake and actually regionally acknowledged and accredited, then what are we doing any of it for? Yeah, Where's exactly. midwifery going to go? So yeah, to exactly. me, it's that. It's just spinning yeah. its wheels if we don't yeah. integrate into the larger system in some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, so you started with um, having an Alaska cohort, then you expanded into having a, or a statewide or nationwide cohort. What's mm -hmm. the future? What's happening next? So, you know, this year in 2022, when it was so great, Augustine. So we were still doing a lot of online um, program sales. And we did, we had students all over really interested in what we were offering. We had midwives pushing it, which was great because it really is, our, our motto is pay the midwives. If you pay the midwives, it already will all get done because it was getting done anyways, right? But now we give them incentive. Um, and so in 2022, we took as much as we possibly could from what we were trying to do in person, move a lot into the online, a lot of the community support into the online, because last year we ran two skills weekends. In each skill weekend, we had people from the lower 48 coming to Alaska to us. And so for 2022, we're going to be hanging out with you in Galveston mm -hmm. for sure. That's right. We're That's going to be right. doing a lot more um, outreach and getting out to do larger trainings in the United States. But for the online portion, we've really revamped and repackaged and really boof, like beefed up the professional birth assistant program that we run. And so it's 12 weeks immersive experience, weekly live webinars and skills webinars. All of our students now get Dopplers, gels, stethoscopes, blood pressure cuffs, measuring tapes, thermometers, infant newborn um, slings and scales so that they actually have the tools to become student midwives and birth assistants and start learning how to use their equipment immediately. We send IV slabs. We send all of the equipment to do online IV training so everyone can learn how to place starts and um, medication administration in the community birth settings, how to identify Great. the five rights. Um, and so we're going to, we have really beefed up a lot of that. You're going to come on and chat with us. Amy yes. Hatterer is going to come on. Tristan Reese will come on and do some cultural competency with us. Awesome. So 
for me, Pacific Birth Institute was never really just about birth assistance. It's not just about what Jen and I needed. It was about, there are a ton of midwives who are leading the cutting edge of what real direct community care looks like. And Pacific Birth Institute is about platforming all of that. Right, we have scholarships. We match one um, full tuition for every five, and we preferentially give to rural students and students of the global majority. We are really committed to being anti-racist by scholarshiping about seventy percent of our scholarship base non-white, because that's how we flip numbers, and that's the least racist thing you could do. Is you know what the numbers say to do. So you know we have a lot of ways we're going forward with what we're doing. We're going to run three cohorts this year. Um, but I'm excited to get to Galveston with you and start doing some actual yeah. in-person training more. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be really fun. Well, what, what an epic mission you're on and what uh, possibility you have to really change the paradigm, change the story. I mean, I agree like as a midwife in the community setting myself and all the rest that I hear from probably the biggest complaint is I don't have enough help. I don't have enough help. I can't, my students don't help. My students don't help, or I can't find students or my assistant is b- b- bailing or what, whatever it is. And I just love that you've created this simple, accessible program to help um, get those assistants into the community and give a living wage to folks who are trying to enter midwifery. It's just brilliant. You're amazing. It's well, I appreciate it. And you know, a lot of it came from understanding how to look at my value. And I learned a lot of that with you right? Like you get into, you become this student to this new midwife and you think it's just like, somebody show me how this is done. Somebody give me the pathway forward. And all of a sudden you find out very quickly, most people don't understand it. And most people don't know. And quite honestly, midwifery doesn't know. The destructive power over paradigm of obstetric led birth us even trying to hierarchically mal- like match it in midwifery that we would rank midwives that we would that we would create these um obstacles to entry in any way shape or form you know midwifery is power with not power yeah. over right yeah. midwifery loves ob's because midwifery understands we need high risk providers and midwifery wants to sit in low risk and great risk assessment and community health it wants to keep everyone here and healthy and then risk them off Obese don't understand that withness is best outcomes. That's how we right. preserve actual best outcomes over time. And I don't blame OBs, poor OBs. They got their own ship and they're, they're going to be working their own side and bless everyone involved. But to me, it's like, if you are a low risk or high risk client, the next 20 to 30 years, you want your OBs with your high risk clients too. Meaning we need over right now, not, oh, I'm going to get a midwife who's going to go to a meek school. And then they're going to take three to five years for their apprenticeship, for their phases. And so they're going to somehow try to make all of this work. And we might have them for seven years. My God, I need somebody who can competently walk in a birth room who wants to work four days a month, who wants to work six days a month. I want eight people who want to work four days a month each who and make good money right? And actually get paid three to $400, $200 for coming to birth, things they want to do that don't maybe want to be midwives or do, but need the money in order to make it happen. It's this, yep. we can't put the cart before the horse. And so we have to nourish the soil of what we actually want to see go forward instead of keep creating all these band-aid measures to keep a destructive paradigm working. I'm not going to say, Birth Settings Report of America, Birth Settings of America report told us it didn't matter the education of the midwife. If the hospital was integrated with streamlined transfer process, 
babies and moms survive the same rate in home or hospital. So That's we right. don't need more education. We don't need more of that. What we need, I, I need birth assistance every six months. I need midwives every three years. And I need them from every community as culturally matched as possible so that we actually have healthcare. Because right now this isn't right. healthcare. No, so. no, it's, it's a crazy cobbled together triage and um, band-aids mixed with like spa exclusivity. It's like the weirdest collection of- and a ton of judgment. <laughs> it's not healthcare. Yeah, it's not like, healthcare. I agree. Yeah, yeah I, I just got to experience, I had a really bad infection <clears throat> this fall and I got to experience the mainstream medical world through several clinics and ERs and oh my God. And I just started calling it death care it's it really is designed to help you die not <laughs> and I was well, just I mean, like oh my god this has to be different it's going to be intriguing because what you bring up is actually going to be inherently and your program does a really good job of helping us as like as midwives and strong people who are really on a path of calling we're not making this up nobody's just like no oh, midwife pick that out of the hat that'll be just that You're basket right. needing degree <laughs> I'll just pick no. up no <laughs> No, let's be up all night for several nights with all manner of bodily fluid on us and like never sleep. Nobody picks that. Right? No, and what you help us understand, quite honestly, is how to take the mechanistic approach of a lot of what we sat under as students that we have to get these things done. Doesn't matter really what we feel called as like the calling has gotten us here. So we're on a path. Right. And so there's this mechanism to it. But when you get to the other side and you license, there's a vitalism that shows itself. That's, that, that is a reward, that is a sacred, now this is what's happening and this is what you have to assume. And that alignment of like understanding the vitality and what is available to you and that innate capacity, right? I love that you help us understand that because without that, I, the Pacific Birth Institute, I don't know if I would have been open enough to receive what this beauty is. And really what this is a lot more, like my passion is really here and where this is gonna go. And so a lot of people, you know, if you've been feeling really stuck in this, this is how I have to go forward and you're sick of your own story, talk to Augustine because your own story is typically what's getting in your way. And so she helps give you all the worksheets and that content is really where it's at. It's that content of being able to say, I'm gonna stop telling stories that hurt myself. I'm going to stop saying I'm not good enough. I'm going to stop saying when. I'm going to actually get very clear about just who I am and what I want. And I'm not going to say it's not okay. I'm not going to invalidate and gaslight myself. I'm actually going to put it down and then I'm going to assess my resources. And I'm not going to get scared about it. I'm going to sit with it because I know all is available. And that vitalism is inherent to why we can walk with women and know their babies will come out when they do right? It is inherent to the, the real like patience, but the, like the heartbeat of life of you get to control how you feel in this moment and that's it. And the heart keeps going, you know? Mm. So I loved mm. that about your program. Mm. 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 Well, I just love you. I just adore you. I love getting to work with you. You've brought up so many good points and it's, it's really cool to hear it from your perspective. Cause of course, when you're designing course content, you know, it's all theoretical. So I, I love to hear it from your perspective. And yeah, that's definitely one of my um, highest uh, desired outcomes is that folks who take the masterclass really have uh, a clear and actionable picture so that they know not just 
you know, what profession they've ended up in, you know, but really um, who they are and what they want out of it. And not just this week or this year, or not just financially, but a big picture, how they fit in this cog, what they're here to do. And we do that through a number of exercises. I don't know if you remember um, the core desired feeling exercise. Um, where you really get clear about reverse engineering the choices in your life. See, so many of us make choices where we go, um, <clears throat> you know, this seems like what everyone should have or do. So I'm going to go towards it. And um, we do the complete opposite. We go, how do you want to feel? And then you make decisions based on how that makes you feel. Um, we do a lot of work um, around boundaries. This is a huge problem in midwifery. Um, I don't think this is so much your problem, <laughs> but, but many people have this challenge. Um, and it's it's not it's not their fault. Um, we grow we grow up in midwifery um, watching preceptors without boundaries. Um, I, I mean, I, I hear about this all the time. I experience this myself. There's so many um, so many midwives in in the profession who who are, are in that martyrdom complex. Like I'll just give and give and give and give until I collapse, you know, until I die. Um, so there's just, there's so much to relearn and unlearn about who we are and what we are bringing to this profession. And also we do a, a big deep dive into the difference between like surviving and thriving. And I think this is what you really grabbed onto. You were like, yeah, no, no, we're going to make six figures. We're going to totally change the paradigm. We're going to do things really differently. Yeah. So I love that. And we have some like every week. So each six week is kind of devoted to a different topic. And we go through um, uh, really straightforward business things like getting an EIN number and getting your phone number, like some really basic things. And then we move through marketing and website and graphic design. And then we also go through like worth, self-worth and boundaries and finances, like how to set your price point and how to figure out, like you were talking about um, saturation, how the market saturated, I have a number of of formulas that I've created that you can actually plug your community numbers in and you can get all these um, really important personal answers. Um, and then we kind of wrap up with the strategic planning. What are you going to do with all of this data? So it's a very, very deep dive. Um, you do get lifetime access. So Jessica, I hope we get to see you again in this year's um, topic. Sometimes our graduates come back and take a part that they've shifted from several years is a lot. I've been offering this five years now. So we have folks come from different cohorts who want to refresh or renew different exercises or workshops. And because I do the calls live every year, it's, it's a little different depending on what's in there. So I hope you'll come back. Um, it starts February 1st. I only offer it once a year because I want it to be um, a really nice container for folks to get through. Um, so we have a big sale coming up this week. Um, and you can get 10% off anything on our website, including the masterclass. So um, midwiferywisdom.com, check that out. See if it works for you. Jessica, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. It's been so good talking with you, Augustine. Yeah. I love you so much. I mean, you anybody are so who's inspiring. listening, uh, yeah. anybody who's listening, student midwives, young midwives, like do not keep thinking this has to be it. Do not be scared. No. No, no, no. Just do this. Go see, talk to Augustine. You have to understand that if you've been called this far, there is a lot for you. It's not about martyring. It's not about staying stuck or broke or dependent at all. It's just about shifting perspective and really understanding that radical acceptance and honesty aspect 
opens the doors and you really help do that, Augustine. So anybody who's sitting there like, I think, yeah, you do want to. Yes, you do. (laughs) You do want to. You want to. Because you're going to cry about it and that's good because then, you know, shit will move and it's good. These are good you know yeah yeah we go deep for sure yeah I love that Mm, Augustine Mm. I love you well the next time I get to see you in person is going to be our amazing um conference so um if you haven't heard about that also that's pretty awesome we have our early bird special ends at the end of December so make sure and grab your tickets it's like many hundreds of dollars saved if you buy it before 2022 And um, this is going to be the first of its kind, but we're going to do many, many more. I used to travel the country to each individual community. um, And then uh, the demand got so big, I couldn't keep up. And there are so many other brilliant wisdom bringers that we had to bring everyone together. So we're doing our first conference slash retreat. And we've added a really um, amazing part to it called skills and drills. And that's the part that you're going to be a big part of. Um, and skills and drills is for any stage of development. So beginning students, they'll work with you, more advanced students, they'll work with some other preceptors. And it is a 20 session, um, hands-on learning module experience, uh, in, in weaved in amongst the conference and then a three-day retreat all in Galveston, Texas next November. Uh, so mark your calendars and all of that's on the website midwifferywisdom.com I'm so excited thank you my friend I hope you have a fabulous evening so thank good you. to see you thank you alright take care yeah.